San Francisco's police chief says the San Francisco Police Department does not have enough police officers. He needs help to deal with a major staffing staffing, staffing shortage. Shortage. shortage shortage. We hear it all the time. SFPD is short officers with all the attention focused on crime in San Francisco right now. Why not go on a hiring spree? Well, the police department is struggling to hold on to officers and to get new recruits to enter the academy. The number of applicants every year has been dropping, and this is actually a problem cited by departments nationwide. Many of them say people don't want to be cops anymore, but there are also recruiters and departments figuring out ways for agencies to step up their game in terms of marketing law enforcement careers and casting wider nets. I'm Laura Wenis. This week, experts tell us what they think the future of police recruiting should look like and what departments are getting right and doing wrong. And we try to figure out what the numbers say about SFPD's hiring challenges. From the San Francisco Chronicle's SF Next project, this is Fixing Our City. Let me start with a quick disclaimer. We started reporting this episode hoping to answer the question, what's SFPD doing to fill its vacant officer positions? Unfortunately, a spokesperson said nobody could be made available for an interview because the department is so short-staffed. They also missed our deadline to answer questions by email. I did get a brief phone call with answers to some questions, but at several points in this episode when we're talking about certain hiring practices, you might be thinking, huh, does SFPD do that? And we won't have a clear answer. Or I'll tell you what we find in public hearings, documents, or other news reports. And that means a lot of me talking at you about what we learned. I don't like it any more than you do, but here we are. First things first, how short-staffed is SFPD exactly? This, it turns out, is really hard to nail down. There are a few different ways to try and get at this figure. One way is to look at the ratio of officers to residents. Another method looks at how many authorized positions are filled. But best practice, according to the Department of Justice, is something called a workload-based analysis. This is what it sounds like. It looks at how many calls of what kind the department gets, combines that with performance objectives and a few other factors, then assigns a number of staff based on that. So what do these analyses say about San Francisco? Based on the ratio of residents to officers, San Francisco actually has a high number of police. But the city has some number of vacancies. It turns out to be really difficult to get numbers for how many officers the department has the money to hire. We asked weeks ago and got an answer well past our deadline after contacting multiple departments. We're told this is a complicated and convoluted subject. A workload-based analysis done last year said the city should bump its officers by about 19%. SFPD says, based on that recommendation, it's short more than 500 officers. According to a press release from the mayor's office, the latest city budget includes funding for a plan to fill about 200 currently vacant officer positions. The mayor's spokesperson didn't return an email seeking clarification. Nonetheless, it seems the department has the money to hire officers. It's just these roles fill very slowly. People drop off at a few different points. In a given year, thousands might apply to become officers, but only a few dozen to a few hundred get hired. First, a huge portion of applicants who are qualified never take the written test that's required to move ahead, and it's not clear why. 
Most people who take it do pass, but that's where another bite is taken out of the incoming class. And then people don't get through the academy. SFPD's graduation rate has fluctuated in recent years, and it was 60% in 2020. A tweet from the recruiting unit this February celebrated a swearing-in ceremony for just 13 new officers. Here's the thing, though. Within the last decade, the number of people applying to become SFPD cops has dropped a lot. In 2013, they had more than 4,000 applicants for sworn positions. That figure spiked to over 6,000 the following year, but it's been dropping ever since. By last year, that was down to just under 1,400. A police spokesperson agreed that this is, if not the top problem, certainly among the top problems the department has when it comes to hiring. We don't know for sure why it's happening, but there are many reasons why people might decide policing is less attractive than it once was. Police departments say the perception of cops is more negative after several years in the spotlight for misconduct and high-profile killings. They say there's less respect for law enforcement. And it's seen as a dangerous job. There was actually a conference recently about law enforcement hiring in Las Vegas. Carly Royden, a marketing specialist with the Metropolitan Police Department in Washington, D.C., was there. She says the main takeaway was how hard it is to hire right now. Royden would know. She's been working with MPD to bring in new recruits for years. Agencies across the country are feeling this struggle, right? It doesn't matter if they're large, small, medium-sized. We're kind of all feeling the struggles. Marvin Heyman, the department's chief of staff, says D.C. has ambitious hiring plans. Our mayor has set a very clear objective to get to 4,000 police officers. Right now, we're staffed just above 3,460. So that is not an overnight challenge to make up that difference. MPD has been working to fix its process since 2009, and it still has hundreds of positions to fill. Even if they haven't solved their staffing problem, they have made significant headway on some fronts. One impressive stat? The average hiring process for MPD takes just 42 days. They know once a person shows interest in becoming an officer, departments are in a race against one another to snag that recruit. Often we see applicants that have applied to multiple different police agencies, both in the region and frankly, you know, sometimes all around the country. One of the factors that we know from the individuals that we hired is the amount of time from application to hire was one of the competitive advantages that an agency can bring to the table. So as we look at our process, we literally laid the entire process out on kind of a, you know, a six by 10 table there, all these different cue cards of all the different steps required. And what we looked at is ways that we could be more efficient. So rather than an applicant having to come to the agency to drop off, you know, let's say some questions and then come back for fingerprints and then come back for another written exam and then come back another time and another time, we looked at ways to consolidate a variety of different hiring steps into singular events. So in 2012, we started with a concept called Prospect Day. We'll talk more about Prospect Day in a second, but essentially it pulled several steps of the process into one. Once candidates leave our Prospect Day, we start a background clock of 42 days, and that's calendar days, not business days, so it's about six weeks. And really, the assumption is, as soon as that candidate provides that information, the initial personal history question to us, that's our timeline where we start doing the reference checks and all the different pieces while the candidate is simultaneously getting a polygraph examination and medical examination. So we're running multiple different pieces of the process simultaneously. What we've seen time and time again, when we get to the final point, we can offer that candidate an offer letter. 
we're often quicker to extend a letter than many other agencies that might still be taking six months or a year or 18 months, some agencies even further. And that competitive advantage is really important. Also, it meets the expectations of those that are applying for jobs. We're dealing with an extremely competitive pool of candidates. Most of our candidates have college degrees, about 60% coming in have a bachelor's degree, 5% have a master's, about 1% have a PhD or a law degree. And so these candidates have options. They aren't necessarily only looking to be police officers, but they might be looking at other sectors, private sector, public sector jobs. And when you're competing against private sector jobs that can turn around and offer a lot of uh, jobs much quicker, you know, while many people are called to the mission of law enforcement, that competitive advantage to make sure that an offer letter is given quickly is really important for agencies to consider. Prospect Day is also a great experience, I think, for applicants because this is almost like a mini introduction to the department, right? They um, hear from our captain in our recruiting division. They can ask questions. And we also, like during that time, they get paired with either a professional staff member or a current MPD officer. And they can just hear about their experiences on patrol, why they chose this department, what makes it, you know, sets it apart from other agencies in the area. And we also have a lot of great enticing incentives right now, especially we're offering a 20K hiring bonus. And so they can ask questions about that and also our rental assistance program. So um, overall, it's just like that first um, experience they have with the department in person where they can kind of meet members of our team and get to know MPD better. Sorry, did you say $20,000 hiring bonus? Yes, 20K, $20,000 hiring bonus. <laughs> yep. What? Well, wow. Okay. Where did that... I am shocked. Where did this money come from? So I can speak a little bit about that. Yeah, please. Does it work also? Well, it's a little too early to tell, right? When our mayor challenged us with, you know, reaching 4,000 police officers, she asked for creative ideas and ways that we could really, you know, meet the need with qualified and good officers for our city, matching the city and the expectations of our residents of the city. Yes, 20,000, it catches your attention. And that is the point of it because, you know, we really want people to consider this career. Look, there's been a lot of challenges in the space of law enforcement. 2020, 2021 have certainly, you know, uh, brought policing to the forefront on national news. And I think people, in particular, qualified candidates that are, you know, that, that have career options, you know, they have their degrees, they have different places that they could go. You know, we want to send a clear signal and message that, you know, hey, you know, consider this as a pathway and, a, you know, a way to take your career. Competition between departments for officers happens at all stages, not just when someone initially applies. SFPD representatives have often said that the department is losing people faster than it can hire. Retention is a tricky thing when every other department in the country appears to be hiring aggressively, including from each other. Oakland has been considering a $50,000 hiring bonus for fully trained officers transferring from other cities. Seattle recently approved $30,000 for officers coming from other departments. SFPD says without the budget for that kind of incentive, it can't compete. This is SFPD Commander Nicole Jones addressing the Board of Supervisors at a hearing on police staffing in April. And then, of course, bonuses for incoming recruits, people who want to start here. So, and that could be tiered by how many years they stay. So if it's, you know, $5,000, $10,000 a year for a certain period of years with us, I mean, it's more years than we would have gotten without them. Currently, 
there are some bonuses that are identified within the Police Officer Association MOU agreement with the city and county. However, the the amounts are below what other jurisdictions have been offering. I, I, I think I, we're I, offering 2,000. Something like, like that. Like around 2,000. And some of these other agencies are offering 10,000, 20,000, uh. you know. This, again, is an area where the numbers are murky. SFPD does offer $5,000 in bonuses to officers coming in from other cities. A spokesperson didn't confirm the $2,000 new hire bonus figure. For comparison, Seattle's bonus for new recruits is $7,500. Another contributing factor is that the cost of living here is so high. Even with a six-figure starting salary for SFPD officers, other cities may be more attractive. Police staff say San Francisco's pay hasn't kept up with other jurisdictions in the region. And there are other reasons to leave, too, Jones told the Board of Supervisors. What we're hearing in our exit interviews is a lot of times they can go to an agency and make a similar salary where it's closer to home. A lot of times they'll address a feeling of a lack of support uh, kind of across the board, you know, from the city, from, you know, the department, from the community. They have really touched on a variety of things. Other agencies have better equipment. A lot of these other agencies are very competitive in seeking these candidates out. They're letting people bring their time balances over. Sometimes they're years of service. So there's often really good incentive for them Hiring bonuses as well, you know, in the thousands and thousands of dollars for, you know, certain years that they'll stay on. It's very hard to compete with that. Even without other departments siphoning away staff, the department would have a retention problem. At a town hall about violence against Asian elders, Chief Bill Scott gave this alarming stat about anticipated retirements. We have about 500 officers right now, about a quarter of the police department, more than a quarter actually, that are eligible for retirement because they came in about 30 years ago when hiring was at its highest. Those officers we want to retain. Scott also thanked the Board of Supervisors for recently approving a budget that bumps officer pay a bit and said that probably contributed to the department not losing as many officers this year as expected. And he said there's now a sergeant assigned full-time to retention who has so far convinced three officers to come back, though from where he didn't say. The fact remains that hiring has not kept up with departures, one way or another. From the beginning of 2019 to early this year, SFPD is down more than 200 full-duty sworn officers. These are the cops who can be deployed during emergencies. Last year, after a hiring freeze that was in place part of the year was lifted, the department hired 41 people. In 2019, it had hired 130. So, how to get more people to apply? One law enforcement recruiting and marketing expert says agencies need to update their methods. An agency that I just heard about on a call today, they spent approximately a million dollars on a billboard campaign to hire police officers. I said, do you have any sense of how many officers that actually yielded? The answer coming up after a break. If you're a police department and you're short officers and new applications have dropped by half in the last few years, you might hire an expert in marketing or recruitment. SFPD is considering this. Public Information Officer Sergeant Adam Lobsinger told me the department is planning to hire a recruiting firm and has the money to do so in fiscal year 2023, but nobody's hired yet. 
The department is currently working with a marketing company, though Lobsinger couldn't say what specific services that company is offering. Here's how he described the department's efforts to bring in new recruits. Beyond our standard approach of, you know, job fairs and marketing on, you know, whether it's billboards or going out to colleges, we're being active on social media. We're trying to cast a wider net to get a a wider breadth of applicants. And we're also trying to reach, we know through social media, we're going to reach a younger generation as well. We were curious about what experts like recruiters and marketers see as best practices, especially when recruiting is so challenging across departments. Julie Parker, co-founder and CEO of Find a Force, says a lot of it comes down to modernizing the approach. We call what we do next generation law enforcement recruitment. It's something that corporate America has been doing for a long time, but government can be slow to adopt newer techniques. And all we're doing is bringing the kinds of marketing methods that corporate America has been using for a long time into the law enforcement space. In the 1990s and in the 2000s, police departments would rely upon things like job fairs, billboards, radio ads to find new police officers. Those methods aren't working the way they used to. And if you employ techniques like Google ads or targeted digital ads, you stand a far better chance of bringing in more traffic to your website. And ideally that traffic then leads to more applicants. An agency that I just heard about on a call today, they spent approximately a million dollars on a billboard campaign to hire police officers. I said, do you have any sense of how many officers that actually yielded? And her understanding was three. Oh, no. Oh, no. I just found that to be such a powerful example of why companies like us exist. Because until that mentality changes, law enforcement is going to be at a distinct disadvantage. Spending that kind of money on a billboard, no offense against the billboard industry, But that is not what's needed in 2022 to get new police officers. Here's another interesting anecdote. Talking to a West Coast department today for Find a Force, they had recently done a job fair. And that's another tool that traditionally law enforcement could rely upon to generate new recruits. That is not yielding the same kind of numbers it once did. I said, you've devoted however many man hours to that and woman hours to that job fair. And I said, how many recruits will you get from that job fair? And she said, maybe two. And and to contrast that dramatically, we're working with another department in the Midwest and we started targeted digital ads for their open career positions. After several weeks, we are already far outpacing what a job fair could yield in terms of recruits. And in general, for a month, we can generate hundreds of warm leads based on a department's budget for job recruits. Then once a department gets someone's attention, there's a whole new set of hurdles. So many government websites are fall under a city or a jurisdiction's site. 
And that can be a cumbersome way for an applicant to apply. Because so many new police officers or potential police officers right now are, let's say, 21, 22, 23 years old, they have grown up with a phone in their hand, pretty much. And they don't want to go through a government cumbersome older website. They want things quickly. And so law enforcement and government as a whole has got to start thinking the way younger applicants think and start catering their job opportunities to these younger people. Social media is obviously a place where younger people tend to live. And because police departments historically haven't relied upon social media to get applicants, that's also part of the challenging process. It's one thing to be on social media at all. SFPD sure is, with a separate Twitter account for its recruiting functions and everything. But social media is changing constantly. I brought up TikTok to Parker, for example, which some younger people now use as a search engine. And I can't even begin to imagine how long it will take TikTok to become second nature at a police department. Generally, overall, government is just slower to adopt to things that are common at, say, Pepsi or Coke. No doubt they're using TikTok as part of their marketing platform. That kind of concept isn't common in government. So let's talk about what happens when people actually get you know, the attention, when departments get the attention of folks who might potentially be interested in becoming an officer, how, how do you assess the application process? We look at every department website as if we were a potential police officer, and we go through the steps that it takes to become a police officer. Obviously, we're not going to do that, but we get online and we see how easy it is to find the job opportunities. And once we get to the website, how many steps does it take for the actual application process? How clumsy is that process? How hard is it to find the button that says, apply to be a police officer? And you would be shocked at how cumbersome it is and how many departments. It's not necessarily about the size of the department, we've seen very large departments, shockingly large departments, where it's still incredibly complicated to apply for a job. There was a department that came to us and we explained to them that it took 14 steps to get to the button to apply to be a police officer. Oh boy. Police departments don't have the luxury of making people go through 14 steps on their website to apply for a job. Also, police departments sometimes can't unilaterally make changes to their websites. That might be governed by a city, county, or other municipality. If the department doesn't have control over its site and an applicant has to go through, let's say, the county to get to the police department, you're adding multiple steps to the process. And the goal should be to remove steps from the process, not add more. What's the role here of the recruiting company? It's pretty broad. You see people doing everything from completely turning over the power of the marketing to an agency like Find a Force, or in some cases, we come in, we do some work, and then we hand it over to the department and train them on how to do what it is that we're doing. 
It all depends on a government agency's budget. It depends on how willing they are to work with an outside agency. There's finding younger people, and then there's presenting the job of being a cop to them in terms that are appealing. Back in Washington, D.C., Carly Royden, the marketer for the Metropolitan Police Department, says she's developed messaging specifically for millennials and Gen Z. I did a lot of research on millennials and Generation Z, and what really makes the two generations different are specific moments that happened during that time, right? So for millennials, it was 9-11. That was really the most impactful moment that they had. And then for Generation Z, the most impactful moment was the financial crisis of 2008. And so because of that, you know, that kind of makes the two generations different. Millennials, you know, they saw the whole world around them kind of change in one instant. And because of that, they really crave making a difference, making a social, you know, an impact in their day to day. They're very mission driven. And Generation Z, because they saw, you know, you know, maybe their parents struggling during the financial crisis of 2008, maybe, you know, they had a financially stable household, you know, prior to that, they would rather have more of that like financial stability, they crave that financial stability, and they crave opportunities to grow within an organization. So millennials are more job hoppers, they're going to keep hopping around until they find that organization they want to stay in and where they can really make an impact. Whereas Gen Z, they want to stay within an organization, but roll, roll hop, they want to grow. And so knowing that you can really cater the police officer career to both, right? Like through this career, you can make a difference, right? It's not your average nine to five job, every day is different. And you can really enter this career with you know, that hope of making a difference in someone's life every day. And then for Generation Z, you can also highlight that, you know, you can start off as a recruit, right? But then you can grow through the ranks. After just three years, you can become a detective on the department. After four years, you can become a sergeant. And so there's tons of opportunities, especially at MPD, where you can really grow. You can go back to school and we'll help pay for it. And so, you know, stressing those kind of, that kind of financial growth here too, and that stability to Gen Z. So just, you know, knowing what makes each tick and what kind of is important to each generation, I think is important when you do eventually create your recruitment and marketing campaign. SFPD, like other agencies, seems to have its work cut out for it. And like other departments, its ability to hire will depend on adopting modern strategies beyond getting on Twitter and convincing young people that being an officer is a good career choice. That $20,000 hiring bonus probably wouldn't hurt either. Fixing Our City is part of the San Francisco Chronicle's SF Next project, where we explore how the city will chart its future and address its biggest challenges. And we want to check out your ideas. Do you have a solution you want the city to pursue? Know someone who's making a difference on an important issue. Send an email to sfnext at sfchronicle.com. You can also DM us on Twitter. We're at sfnext. I'm Laura Wenis. Next time on Fixing Our City... What do San Francisco residents think about what the city's big problems are and how to solve them? We did a scientific poll. Hear what they've got to say next week. Thanks to Noah Arroyo for reporting and Audrey Brown for fact-checking on this episode. Cynthia Lopez produces and reports for Fixing Our City. Gary Baca is our sound engineer. King Kaufman is the executive producer. Jonathan Krim is the SF Next project editor. Fixing Our City is part of the San Francisco Chronicle's SF Next project, exploring how the city will shape its future and tackle its biggest problems. Read stories by our reporters, check out interactive data breakdowns, and find our podcast archive at sfchronicle.com sfnext. If you have a solution you'd like us to cover or you know about a city that's doing something right, get in touch. 
shoot an email to sfnext at sfchronicle.com or find us on Twitter at sfnext.